Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to High Trust Coaching Live. I am Hope Foreman. I am Divisional President for High Trust Coaching, and I have with me today one of our Master Level Coaches, Wayne Angelo. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's You know what? This is my favorite time where I live. All the trees have this light green hue as the leaves are starting to pop, everything's starting to flower. I'm just so happy, you know, to see the, the rebirth right now. It's wonderful. Oh, I know. It's so beautiful. I think we're all a little bit ready for spring and summer, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. So um, so the purpose of bringing you High Trust Coaching Live every single Wednesday morning is to give you a dose of high trust um, and to perhaps talk about things that are top of mind with all of our mortgage um, professionals today and maybe shed a little bit of light on what we could be doing differently, better, um, you know, in the premise of principle number one, um, everything can be improved. Today, we're going to be talking about principle number two, which Todd Duncan teaches success can only be built on failure. So, Wayne, why don't you jump in and start talking with us about that principle? You know, it's it's it really comes down to the point of what is failure? I mean, what is it? Generally, people, they really avoid failure and they say, I don't want to, I don't want to fail at anything. And that's ego, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And, and I don't agree with that. I'm totally okay with failing. When I was 17, Hope, I don't know if I ever told you this. I moved out of the house when I was 17. My hair was super long. I graduated high school and I moved on my own. And my dad told me three things that day. He was a good man. I missed my dad. But he told me three things that day I moved out at 17. He says, Wayne, if you want to do well, work hard. Don't expect to win the lottery. Don't expect somebody to give you the money. Don't expect somebody to do it for you. Produce. The human being is meant to produce. Get out there and be active. Number two, you're going to screw up, kid. You're going to screw up more than once. And when you do, learn from it. Mm-hmm. What lessons that are be learned? What can you, what insights are gained from that experience? And number three, mm-hmm. life's not fair. Good luck. He's a brilliant man. My dad was great. So what failure I mean, I'll give you an example. There was a time when I used to work in the automobile industry um, a lifetime ago, not like Shirley McLean, but when I was younger. And um, if we said we had great service, if nothing ever broke down, how would you know? So it's only through failure, through breakdowns that you learn. So if you have a breakdown in the process, I'm I'm talking to one of my coaching uh, members and he's talking about how his process is broken things aren't going the way they should be. And I'm like, okay, that, that happens. What are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And you take the insights from failures. Like Todd says, it's failure is failure. Failure is a good thing. Early failure is a great thing. Yes. But failing is a good thing. If you take failure for, for the insights and education that you get from it. And if, if every like, like Todd says, we can't appreciate the dark. We don't have the light. We wouldn't appreciate. So I'm lucky. I live in a four climate temperature. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the spring because I'm getting over winter. Mm-hmm. Where somebody in Florida may have warm warm weather all year round and appreciate it, but it's a different perspective. So mm-hmm. failure is positive. 
Yeah, it is. It is obviously. And I think the more that we use um, failure as a as a, a tool, as an opportunity, as a, you know, like your coaching member said to you today, you know, there's something broken just to have that insight, you know, um, and I think that one of the times sometimes we get so enmeshed in the weeds um, of day-to-day business that we, you know, we don't realize, you know, that we're, you know, that there's things that are broken. So just the fact that he had that insight um, is the very first step to, you know, improving and to making it different and say, and, and your response to him, okay, great. Where is it broken? Right. And then the bigger question is what are we going to do about it? Sure. You know, and it's okay. Look, we're humans, right? We're all human beings. Yeah. Humans make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So the first rule is if you, if you make a mistake, own it. Mm-hmm. All right. Fix it. Do what you have. To. I remember years ago before Trid and all that stuff, um, when I had my own little mortgage company, my processor called me and said, Wayne, you didn't lock the Smith loans closing tomorrow. I said, yes, I did. She goes, no, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. She goes, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. I hadn't locked the loan. I had to write a check for $2,083. I'll never forget that number as long as I live. I wrote a check for $2,083 to close a loan I made no money on. Mm-hmm. Well, trust me, I never had that happen again. That was a, not only did I make my normal spread on the loan, but I had to spend money to close it. Right. And I never told the customer about that, but the realtor certainly did. Um, and the other thing about failure, and, and people think of disruption as a bad thing. Disruption is a good thing. Every... Mm-hmm. Failure is disruptive. Embracing failure creates a competitive advantage because most fear failure. So an example is I'm I'm talking to my coaching members and he's not out making sales calls. Mm -hmm. He's not when he's on sales calls. He's not doing the high trust interview. When he's out there and I call him sales calls. I look like him as communication events. Right. Mm -hmm. So when he goes out there and he he said, I'm going to go do a presentation. I said, whoa, what do you mean you're going to do a presentation today? What are you going to do? Right. But it's okay to go out there and try something and fail. But what is not okay ever is to not try something. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's it's a, a friend of mine said years ago, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. So pre-planning, scripting, knowing what you want to do, um, and then making mistakes. But, sure. you know... And yeah. people will forgive you if, if you if when I made a mistake, I went to the person and said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Let's fix it. And they're like, that takes your stock up so high. Yeah. And you are honest about that. Sure. When, when you make a mistake and you say, my bad, let's fix it. You've not only taken trust to the next level, you've uh-huh. blown it off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so interesting, you know, we're talking about failure and, and, you know, yesterday I was moving a hundred miles an hour um, and I was planning, you know, this event and future events and coaching and, you know, kind of trying to fit it all into one day. And I got my date schedule, my, my dates off. And I was promoting one of my coaches that is really actually going to be on next week. 
And I didn't do my promotion for you, Wayne, for today. And, you know, it was interesting. I was getting dressed this morning, and obviously you were always my hero. And you were like, Johnny on the money, no problem, Hope. I'll be there. I'm on. I'm ready. And that was beautiful. And when when I was leaving the house this morning, I was thinking, okay, I made a mistake. It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to hang out there. I'm going to have fun with this, this broadcast. There exactly. are no mistakes. Wayne, you and I are meant to be on this call. And, and I hope that everybody else, you know, enjoys it. And we'll all look forward to, you know, doing, to talking with Janelle next week. But it's just, I just wasn't going to hang out and, oh my God, I made a mistake. I promoted the wrong person. La, la, la. It's like, we're not going to do that. You know, it's just not going to happen. And I just don't, I don't hang out in, in a mistake. Um, I'm going to say, okay, you know, how could you, what, what went wrong? Well, I was moving too fast. You know, I was like already two weeks in advance, you know, we're thinking about um, our broadcast in the next two weeks. And, you know, part of the thing about mistakes we have to remember, too, is to forgive others for their mistakes. Sure. Yeah. That's a big deal. You know, if somebody yeah. makes a mistake, some of my team makes a mistake. So what? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just OK. And, and I've often asked myself a question. Is it going to matter 10 years from now? Yeah. And you, you having a, a, a schedule snafu is not going to matter even today. So let's go back to the next step about failure. Okay. And, and I think of Neil Peart, who was the drummer for a band Rush. Uh -huh. Neil Peart was on the, probably one of the best drummers in the world. The guy was insane. We lost him last year, unfortunately. But if Neil Peart was going to do a show with the band Rush and he's going to have a two-hour concert, he would practice for three hours before the concert. Uh-huh. And I'm with my wife, and we're actually at Carnegie Hall watching a, watching a music concert one night. And I said, those people have all practiced so – and you're like, how do you know? Because they're there. Mm -hmm. People at that level practice, practice, practice. And, and what it says under the law of, of again, about uh, failure, practicing your lines elevates your level of performance. So the more prepared you are, the purpose of practice is to minimize failure. But it doesn't say to eliminate it. It's just to minimize it and optimize success. So even Todd, with all of his insights, because and I've been drinking the Todd Kool-Aid for 30 years, <laughs> with all the insights, it minimizes failure. But it doesn't eliminate it. Nothing is going to eliminate failure as long as humans are involved. But but and 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 that always and this leads right into number three, because you and Todd did number two last week. Uh-huh. Number three is emotional connection deepens trust. Sure. So I was very fortunate. I had a meeting with five realtors last Thursday. We had a breakfast meeting and they go into the same old adage. Well, tell me about you. And I'm like, I said, well, let me ask you a question. What is what is a successful relationship work work with you and your, your mortgage partners? He goes, well, what's successful to me? And he goes, is communication. Uh-huh. So in my coaching calls, when I, when I talk to my coaching members, it's interesting because I, I say he said communication. And they go right into telling me all the ways they're going to communicate. Well, I would tell them this and I would tell them that. Well, what did you say to him, Wayne? I said, what I said to him is, hmm, communication is a very broad brush to paint with. Can you give me more definition of what you mean by that? Sure, exactly, yeah. And, and see, guys, remember, and I've said this on many of these calls and, and lunchtime sessions you and I do. Stop answering questions with a sales approach. Sure. Find out. So I started, he said, well, you know, I want to hear about this and that and that and this. I said, so what you're talking about is milestones. He said, never thought of it that way. And I said, so you just want milestone communications. What are the most important milestones to you? 
And after an hour and 45 minutes with five realtors, mm -hmm. I learned so much about them. He's actually had me look at one of his own loan cases right now for him. Mm -hmm. But after, after an hour and 45 minutes, which I thought was going to be a quick breakfast, there was connectivity. But, but the connectivity happened because I kept asking probing questions. Right. I was prepared for this. Right. I knew in advance. And guys, when you're out there talking to referral sources, I mean, we had a great coaching session on master level last week. And what was really cool is if you want to be successful in the mortgage industry moving forward, you're not diversifying your referral sources to financial planners and divorce attorneys and prior customers. Where do you think you're going to be when there's only literally when there's 200 in my market, there's 290 homes for sale with right. a half million people. Right. If I don't have a bunch of sources. So, so practice, be prepared and don't worry about failing. Worry about inactivity. Worry yeah. about doing nothing, but never worry about failing. Yeah. There, you said a mouthful there, Wayne, and that is very, very powerful is that worry, worry more about not doing something. Worry more about not engaging. Worry more about not asking the questions or not doing the high trust interview. Worry more about that than about failing. And that's, that's huge. I hope that everybody heard that, Wayne, because that right there is, is just a pattern interrupt. I love that. That is beautiful. It's, it's, dis it's a disruptor. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, and, but in the last, I just told you this morning that I, I was not feeling good. I put on a few pandemic pounds and I, I looked in the mirror. And I'm like, I don't like what I see. My energy level was down. And I said, okay, I failed. I failed because I didn't follow what I should be doing. I wasn't eating the way I should be eating. Mm -hmm. And I decided to do something about it. Mm -hmm. so, as I told you this morning, I did a 10-day fast. And then I'm, I'm eating like super healthy. I, my belt's down two notches in 30 days. I feel amazing. I cut sugars out of my diet. But, but the fact that I, I did something about it, I did not accept where I was. I said, no, this is not okay. And I failed personally. I didn't berate myself. I didn't, I, I get mad at myself, which gave me motivation to do something about it. And I'm still doing something about it, but it's okay to have mistakes. It's okay in the mortgage business. It's okay to fall off your conveyor belt sometimes. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. But the next question is, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. So I was talking to one of my coaching members and he was telling me that he was mad at himself because he didn't make the 30 calls he wanted to make by noon on Monday. And I said, who told you to make 30 calls by noon on Monday? I said, you're more worried about the behavior than you were about what's the purpose. Right. And if you, something disrupted you this morning, you had to fix it. Don't get upset with yourself. Sure. Figure out what, how to take care of that and do what you know you need to do. Yeah. It's okay to make mistakes. What did my mom always say? What doesn't kill you? make it stronger you've heard right. that yeah. so it's okay just don't let you just don't kill yourself okay so let's let's move on let's move on right. a little bit and talk and talk a little bit about not so much you know our perception around our perception around failure but how do how you know what what is the path what is the formula what is the approach when we're looking to improve our business improve our sales calls improve our conversion 
Um, you know, what, what are those things that we should be you know, paying attention to, to actually make a difference in our business and make a difference in our conversion or make a difference in our sales calls? Okay. Let's talk about conversion. I, I had a new okay. coaching member I was starting with and his conversion ratio is 12.6%. 12.6. Oh, that's terrible. It's horrible. Uh, what are you doing? Let's talk about your process. Mm -hmm. He said, Wayne, when I get a call from a customer, I take a few minutes to chat with them. Then I tell them to go to my website and apply for a mortgage. <laughs> I'm like, you're on the phone with them right now. They've called you and you tell them to, to do a step to apply with you. Why not just take the application now? And his conversion ratio in 30 days went to 46%. Yahoo. Just by changing the way he did some of his behavior. Remember, guys, on the other side of that phone, tweaks. human. Huh? Small little tweaks, right? Just one little shift, one little change. It was massive. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, I was on another coaching call with, with a, a guy hired a new assistant. He said, I'm going to have the assistant call and schedule all my appointments. I said, the most important portion of you with your customer, and that's number, th number three, is connectivity. Mm -hmm. You want to connect with them. You know, I, I personally, when a phone call comes in, I want that phone call. If I can't navigate doing the, the, the whole discussion for the strategy session at that exact uh -huh. moment, uh -huh. I at least want to say, hi, thanks for calling me. How'd you find me? Oh, Mike sent me. Oh, Mike's an amazing agent. You're really blessed to have him. Is it okay if we schedule a time for you and I to chat? And then, but I want that first connection with me, not with my assistant, not with somebody else on my team, but with me. That's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I want to schedule my calls. So what should we be doing as, as, as mortgage professionals, right? What should we be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Emotional connectivity, strategy sessions, follow up with people on the milestones that matter to them, mm -hmm. follow up with our referral sources on the milestones that matter to them, mm -hmm. but communication and service. Mm -hmm. I hope you've heard me say it a hundred times. I don't help people. And people say I'm weird when I say that. I serve people. I'm a service provider. Sure. My goal is not to be do the most mortgages of anybody in my community. Yeah. My goal is to be the best service provider in my community. Right. So a few tweaks. Communication is really important. You know, how you treat people. Are you asking questions? So let's talk about the sales call and the high trust interview with the client. Are you telling people what they should do? Are you finding out from them what their long-term goals are? Mm -hmm. Are you out there with realtors selling them why you are the greatest thing since sliced bread, which is not the truth or are you asking them how they want to be served what's right. going on with them right. what's their long goals and objectives so selling in itself you know one thing about high trust and it's high trust communication to me sure when i first started selling years ago i was told feature benefit here's the feature here's the benefit but how are you listening mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the feature benefit mm -hmm. how are you listening mm -hmm. so if you want to sell more listen more and it's not how many questions you ask as todd says but the quality of the questions you ask yeah exactly and you know i mean i think if we get into that mantra you know of you know that one question 
that one question is what's important to you about the purchase of this home and, you know, and, you know, or what's important to you about success or what's important to you and then to go quiet. But, you know, in today's environment, obviously, you know, we're, you know, there's a lot of conversation around multiple, you know, offers, you know, limited inventory, all of that conversation. And we, I have that conversation at least four or five times a day. And, you know, one of the things that I am asking my coaching members is, how are you advising your clients? Are you have, you know, how is that consultation? How is that consultation changed? Are you informing them about what's happening in the market? Are you informing them of what it would look like for them to write in, a, you know, a check 20, 30, 50, a hundred thousand dollars over market value? Um, are they in position? Do they actually know what that would look like so that when they get in the car with their real estate agent, they know their numbers. They know that, okay, this is my purchase price. This is my loan amount. This is my comfort level. I can go 25,000 over or 50,000 over or whatever that is. I know what that's how that's going to play out in my closing. I know what that looks like because my advisor already walked me through that process. You know, so it's really, it's how are, how are we advising our clients today in today's market? Because our job as mortgage professionals is to make sure our clients are making informed choices. And at part of making that informed choice is making sure that they have a good, clean understanding of what the current market environment is. Absolutely. And this, look, I've been doing mortgages, hope for 35 years. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a market like this one ever. Really? I've never seen less inventory. I've never seen people offering 30, 40, 50, 60,000 over Less price, even Lester Hold, I was caught in the background the other day, was saying that a listing price in today's world is a suggestion. <laughs> it's just a suggestion of the price itself. Just a suggestion. So, you know, so what am I telling people? Where, you know, they'll call another mortgage company, they'll say, you can afford this. They'll come in and say, what do you want to afford? What are you comfortable paying and how far are you willing to stretch? To where you want to be and unfortunately some people are, are are getting disenfranchised because i mean thinking of poor realtors out there i hate to say this but for every every agreement they write they're making six seven eight ten offers right in my market we had my one of my loan officers he had 17 cash offers on one property mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 16 cash offers got declined so how do you and I don't think it's a good service to our customers. They're not doing home inspections and, and things that protect their interests. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. So whatever the market is, that's the pool we get to play in. Yeah. So I had a client the other day buying a house, and they I gave them USDA, PHFA, USDA, FHA, and conventional. Three different options, looking at it with the money they had to work with, and they chose what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But I don't like to hear that a mortgage loan officer says, here's what you should do. Because mm -hmm. then we're making decisions for people. So there it goes back to the high trust interview. Now I want to go back to that discussion I had with those realtors just for a minute the other day. I just want to talk about selling again. I want to get back to that for a minute. I looked at those realtor groups sitting in front of me and I said, I'm also here, guys, to see if we're a good fit for each other. Sure. And I told him a story, and it's a true story, and I'm not going to use real names, but I had a realtor, John, big dog realtor, does a ton of business. I invited him to lunch, doing a high trust interview, and it was about five minutes into the call, he says, Wayne, let me explain my business. I use Jane Doe at ABC Title because every once in a while she gives me an envelope full of cash. And he used her real name and her title company. Yes, I think I heard this story. And I said, I'm not your guy. So I looked, and the realtors started chuckling. 
so, and then looked at realtor and I said, I'm, I said, I'm glad you chuckled. Because let me ask you an honest question. I said to John, I said, how good are you at follow up with your prior customers? You want more business. Mm -hmm. and, and the look on his fiance's face told the whole story. And I said, John, you didn't have to answer that question. Jennifer just told me my answer. I said, I'm just going to give you a couple suggestions, just a couple quickies. Do you call every customer? I get, I get 450 Facebook birthdays every year. I get one phone call from Dan Berger. Every year, Dan Berger calls me. Who do I remember? Dan Berger. Are you calling every customer you've ever done business with and just wishing them a happy birthday? Mm -hmm. Are you doing an annual review with your clients as to what the neighborhood change, valuation? So if you did two simple things and, and his fiance is nodding her head and smiling, we also can go out there and help our referral sources win more business. Yes. And that's different than selling. Mm -hmm. So go back to what it says. Here's some things that matter when you're talking to referral sources. Chemi chemicals that don't mix are said to be in, in, they don't work, okay? If I'm honest, the other person is not, it's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. If I'm efficient, the other person is not, I'm going to help them with their efficiencies. If I'm professional, the other person is not, I have to decide if I want to do business with them. If I'm punctual, the person is not, I want to decide how I want to handle that. But our task is not to go out there and sell. Our task is to go out there and serve, be a resource, help our referral partners do more business. And I, I, I just couldn't believe how effective that works when you try it, guys. But you're going to go out there and you're going to tell them how wonderful you are. And, and he said, yeah, he goes, you know, people come out and tell me they deliver on time. My CEO, Joe Mack, said, if you're going to sell on delivering on time, that's the minimum barrier to entry. Sure. Selling on the least, the least, the most, you know, very important but it's expected. Yep. So don't sell on what's expected. Learn about the other people. And I know that's important to bring that up, Faith. So hopefully this makes sense to you. And remember, it's conversation and collaboration. Mm -hmm. If all you're doing is talking, then, then all you're doing is talking. But how are you collaborating with somebody if you're not asking questions? You're not learning about them. So conversation plays four things. And this is from principle number three, asking questions you've never asked before. Right. Be bold, right? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You won't maybe not ask that question again. Yeah. Learning things you haven't learned. Are you out there to learn about the people that you choose to maybe do business with? Right. Solving the value things that you've never solved before. Right. And insane connecting. And insane connecting is what? It's listening. Yes. The problem with people in our business, I think, and, and, and if you're not scripted, I'm not saying read from a script like a telemarketer, but if you don't have an idea of how you want to handle the conversation, mm -hmm. if you're not asking questions like, can you tell me more about that? Have you tried to solve that before? How did you try and solve that before? Mm -hmm. As, how long has this been a problem for you? If you don't ask questions to discover what their problems are, you're not going to connect with them, Hope. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And, and don't assume, you know, because if you're asking, um, if you're asking a real estate agent in today's environment, you know, what's your, what's your biggest challenge today? You know, you're going to assume that they're going to talk about the limited inventory, but you don't know that. That's right. You don't know that, you know, that's their biggest challenge right now. Um, it may be, you know, it may be something very different. It may be, you know, um, getting listings. It may be, you know, um, you know, you know, whatever those things could be for a real estate agent right now, their 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 challenges are just their list of challenges is just as long as ours. 
And so I think that, you know, in the West, the other thing that I've been thinking a lot about is how important it is to have a strong realtor that representing your buyers and that we should be asking our clients how, you know, who is your real estate agent? Who is your buyer's agent? Who is advocating on your behalf? Because in today's environment, you need to be working with a real estate agent that has, you know, that is, that is well-known, well-respected in their community. You know, when that listing agent is considering offers, that may make a difference between that listing agent choosing your offer as opposed to someone else's. Um, because of the fact that they're going to say, I know that agent, she's a strong agent, she knows what she's doing, she's going to carry her into the deal, and she's going to deliver and she's going to perform, you know, I'm going to take this offer because I know my transaction is going to be great, as opposed to an agent that may be, may be new to the industry or maybe new to the community and they don't know who you are. Um, they're going to say, it, the listing agent is going to say, you know, I may not take this offer because I don't know this agent or they're new to the industry. So I'm probably going to end up doing majority of the work and handing over half of my commission. So, you know, the, the strength and um, so the strength of, of your real estate agent in today's environment, you know, for the, anyone listening, it's, it's incredibly important and more important today than than ever. Um, so make sure you're choosing well. And as you're talking to your as you're talking to your coaching members, and or your borrowers and your buyers, ask them, who is your agent? Well, one of the first questions I ask when somebody calls me, one of the first questions I'm prepared to ask for, how did you find me? Why did you call me? If they say, well, I was afraid to get my mic. I'm like, oh, Mike, he's a great agent. How did you find Mike? Yeah. Well, I actually found them online. I'm like, wow, you got really lucky. You found a great agent accidentally. But yeah. he's an awesome agent. I, I don't know. You're very fortunate. I no, always cross well, well known, respected. Yeah. Who asked the question? How did you find me? You know, why did you call me? Mm -hmm. you know, how can I serve you? But if you're not asking those kind of questions of people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and of course, you know, my task is to get them back to my agents if I can, mm -hmm. not to get them away from somebody else. But sure. think about people yeah. who call like one in hundred get alone. Yeah. People are not going to have offers accepted if they're doing one eight hundred <laughs> mortgage. Right. Realtors right. don't want to see that, you know. Yeah. Um, people are looking on their own for homes. Why would you look for a home? And people still don't always understand that the right. seller pays the realtor. That's right. So it's, so it's cool. It's, it's it is it's important, and I think we should be having that be a part of our our you know our borrower consultations. So we're coming up on the thirty minutes hour. I can't believe it's already, we've already gone through thirty minutes, and so I'm going to kind of throw a curveball at you, um, if you will. Uh, finish this sentence to me. Uh, the key to success in coaching is. It's it's multifaceted. Analyze what you're doing with your coach. Have a plan of action of what you need to be doing. Huh? Take some chances and execute. I love it. Perfect. That's the truth. I mean, not a day game plan, but execute. Go out there and screw up. Yeah. Go out there and make mistakes. Yeah. With a plan of action as, as what you're going to do. And then just go out there and get busy. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I love that. So, Wayne, thank you again so much um, for joining us for Coaching Live. Um, we are, we'll be back next Wednesday with Janelle um, Nicholas. And, um, you know, our new tagline at High Trust Coaching is we help people fall in love with their lives. So get a free coaching call and find out how it is that we can help you fall in love with your life. Have a great day. 
and make it a great week. And thank you for joining us. Thank you, Wayne. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you. I want to make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.